theyeshiva.net. I know yesterday I went a little longer from the designated time. I got caught up in the shmuas. But whoever had to leave, it's Kedai, if you could listen to the recording to the end of the shear yesterday, the last 20 or 30 minutes, because this mime is a very complicated mime. It's a very deep, deep, complex ideas. And uh, we tried to apply it and show the ramifications of the, basically the three dimensions that he was discussing. So if you have a chance, it would be Kedai just to uh, have a better grasp of the Mimer, both for the past and for what, what we're going to continue. The Nekudah that was established here is that Darizal teaches that there are three universes, or three really paradigms of consciousness, is really a more accurate translation. Whenever you see the word Olamus, it's, uh, you know, it will always be translated as worlds. It really doesn't... Uh, doesn't really capture it because we see a world, a world, another world. We, we are these worlds. It's really three paradigms of consciousness, which means three worlds, three universes, three dimensions to reality. Is really, really a better way of looking at it. It's really three types of glasses, three different prescriptions. I put up glasses and I see reality like this. I put on another pair of glasses, I see reality like this, and I put on a third pair of glasses and I see reality like this. Why that's so important is because you're dealing really with the same reality from different perspectives, different vantage points. And each are allowed by Hashem. In other words, each one has legitimacy. Each one has significance, which in itself is a very important idea because this is the key to arbitration. People who uh, are arbitrators, meaning you have to mediate between two parties that are having a conflict. It's very, very important to be able to understand that the same reality is seen by two people, three people, from completely three different perspectives. Could, simply because they're wearing different glasses. And if you can always try to understand the other before you need them to understand you, it will probably be more <coughs> effective. We usually don't work that way. Instinctively, it's like, this is how it has to be. If you could seek to understand the other person's view before you need them to understand you, nothing will happen. You'll be able to explain your view. It's not like you're going to lose your life, your future, your destiny. I mean, unless you're dealing with a real lemon, you have to be careful anyway. But uh, but generally speaking, that's the ability that there's three worlds. The same world is three worlds. <coughs> the same tissue box is not a tissue box. Depends how you're looking at it, from where, which perspective you're looking at it. Depends if you have a, a microscope. Depends, depends on the tools. Depends on your glasses. One person could see one thing, another person could see another. So the Mela... When we speak about reality, it's just a general yesoid, a general hakadam, and all these types of ideas. It's called spiritual thinking. Spiritual thinking is never uh, uh, either or. Spiritual thinking is not either or. Capitalistic thinking is either or. Business-like thinking <coughs> is either or. Spiritual thinking is everything has its place. Everything has its energy. You have to be able to expand the horizon. It's usually not either or. So... So the Eitz Chaim, the Arizal, addresses three universes, right? Three paradigms of consciousness. Akudim, Nekudim, and Brudim. And the way the, the Maimer, Torah, the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, explains it is from the Eitz Chaim, but with an explanation that in Akudim, the ten lights of spheres are bound up in one vessel. In other words, they're expressed through one medium. And in Nekudim, they diverge into ten distinct points. Nekudas, nekudas, akudim from the word bound up, nekudim from the word nekudas, and berudim, 
they're also existing in ten distinct points. In other words, the ten lights have ten vessels, not one vessel. But nonetheless, there's an element of integration which he will, he will, soon, uh, he will soon discuss. Now, uh, when a person reads this at the surface, the first doesn't make sense at all. You tell me that there's ten lights and they're bound up in one vessel. But if it's uh, one vessel, so what makes them ten lights? So Itaka says they're not really ten, they're like one. But he still calls them ten. And they're ten that are bound up in one vessel. So they're ten or they're not ten. It's one kli. In the second one, mikudim and brudim, there's ten lights and ten vessels. Ten spheroids, which are a marriage of lights and vessels. But in the first one, it's one kli, but it's all akud bekliachud. So the subtle distinction that he's making here is that this is called esespheris agnosis. The ten spheres that are gonus, that are concealed. And this is where he makes peace. He reconciles or creates a connection between the Arizal's teachings and the teaching of the Zohar about the distinction between the spheres where they have a name and an identity and therefore you could call them ten versus a state of reality which is called one. Antu chad, beloved chushban. Even though there's ten over there, but they're not ten. You don't say Hashem has ten elements. It's all one. It's akud b'kli echad. Even though there's ten, antu chakim, antu mevin, it's all there. But it's la b'chachmi yidi, la b'vini yidi. It's not yodua. It's not identified. Why? Because the Arizal helps us understand and give us the mechanism of the, the, the oisius, the words, that it's akudim, akudim b'kli echad. And what is the point? How do we understand this? The point is in the word esesphiris hagnuzis, ten spheres that are concealed. As I said, when we say it physically, something is hidden somewhere, the thing that you hide in a particular place is not intrinsically connected with the place that you hide it in. I hide something in the drawer, the thing that I put into the drawer is not connected with the drawer. Because that's how physicality works. There's no inherent relationship. It's generally a world of superficiality. In Ruchnius, when you say Gnuzois, it's symbolic. You're, this is hidden there. What do you mean it's hidden there? Because it belongs there. It's part of it. So why is it hidden? Hidden means because you don't see it. Why don't you see it? Why don't you see it? Because it's completely an expression of its core, of its source. So therefore it does not have a distinct identity. And that is, and that is the difference between Eser Oiris Akudim Bikli Echot or Eser Oiris or Eser Oiris that are expressed in ten, in ten Kalim. And what is the difference? What is the distinction? So the Nekudas Hadavar, and I'm saying this in, 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 in Isis that are a little more abstract, but it's important to get that before it's applicable, because if you start with the application, before you start with the principle, you miss the mahus of it. Even though the principles that are more abstract are usually less uh, compelling to people, because uh, we like to hear the applications, but I'm, ident- I'm identifying the process here of understanding it. And that is that uh, whenever you talk about something, whenever you talk about the spheres, you could talk about it from the perspective of Akudim and the perspective of Nikudim. When you speak about it from the perspective of Nikudim, the uptaich, the definition of Chesed, is Chesed. Definition of Gvura is Gvura. Definition of Netzach is Netzach. Definition of Bina, whatever the definition is. And that's what a Kali means. Kali is, this is how it's expressed. This is what it is. It's articulated. Kali means the ability to articulate something. That's what the Kali always means in Kabbalah. Kali is the ability to articulate something. 
concrete, bring it out, express it, whatever articulation means. There's articulation verbally, there's articulation in a business model, but you articulate it. You bring it out, it becomes, becomes a reality. What's chachma? Chachma is chachma. What's chesed? Chesed is chesed. When you say the ten lights have one keli, so what does it mean? They're articulated as one thing, but it's ten. That's the vart. That's the, the, the richness of the paradox. How can chachma and chesed have one articulation? How could they be articulated as one? They're not. If chesed is chesed, it's not gvura. Because in the world of akudim, what's the definition of a svira? An expression of ein soif. Since Hashem is ein soif, ein soif means it pos- it's infinite. So infinity includes every possibility, including finite expressions. Infinity includes the capacity for wisdom, the capacity for kindness, the capacity for victory, the capacity for empathy, the capacity for leadership, the capacity for truth, the capacity for sensitivity, the capacity for analysis, the capacity for perception. I'm using the English words for the spheres, if you you realize. It includes, and it includes many more capacities, but it includes ten capacities. So when I look at chesed, what do I see? In the world of Akudim, I don't see chesed. I see ein soif. When I look at gvura, I don't see gvura. I see a hechitimtza of the ein soif expressing itself. So the chesed and gvura, are they two or one? Both. They're two, but really they're one. There's no conflict of identity, because what is the definition of their identity? Not them. The definition of their identity is a medium, a hechitimtza. To express the Ein Saif. Here the Ein Saif expresses itself through Chachma. Here it expresses itself through Malchus. Here it expresses itself through Gvura. Here it expresses itself through Netzach. It's a whole different It's a whole different model where the ten are ten. Completely ten. But they're really one. That's what it means. Akudem Bekli Echad. That's how he explains. Akudem Bekli Echad means it's very straight. It's bound up in one vessel. So generally, people who read Kisvei Harizal, this was really the Balhatanya's major, major contribution. So there's a lot of graphics, there's a lot of code language, a lot of symbolisms. But what does it mean? What's the neshama of the vart? What's the neshama? What's the essence of the vart? The essence of the vart, he explains, what Harizal is trying to say is that it's all there, but you can't compare it to the way it's in the Kudim. In the Kudim, the uptight of Chesed is Chesed. In Akudim, the uptight of Chesed is Ein Soif. And to get from one to the other, it's Yesh Me'ayin. It's not really Yesh Me'ayin, it's the same thing. But the perception is so radically different because the birth of identity happens in Akudim, not in Akudim. In Akudim, you don't have the birth of individual identity. It's still complete oneness. Even though you have all identity, nothing missing. But all identity is what? Is a hechi timtze, it's a din, it's a halacha, it's a chalik, it's a chalois in the ain it's, it's a it's a it's a vart in the ain it's an uptouch in the ain it's, it's not possible for a person to get there. Every person is there. It's a state of reality. It's a state of reality. No, you don't know. Your mind doesn't know where it is. <laughs> it's I mean, uber, I mean, but there's deeper than there's the uber when it's still in the in the in the brain of the father 
the brain of the father. To give an example, it's not my example actually, it's an example that's given by the Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab <coughs> was a uh, grandson of Mutzamach Tzadeh, who was a grandson of the Balatani, he was the fifth Mubavitcher Rebbe, so he has, uh, he was, he's known as the Rambam of Chassidus because of his, uh, his approach. So he has a famous series, I don't know, famous, it's a very deep series, it's called Hemshech Tafri Shayim Beis, a series of... Uh, of a few hundred discourses that he started to say Shavuos 1912 for the next four years. 1912, 13, 14, 15, for the next few years. It's called Hemshech Tafresh Ayim Beis. It started Shavuos Tafresh Ayim Beis. Over there he gives a very interesting marshal to explain the, the disparity. Um, I'm going to use, I'm going to say the marshal the that he gives in my own words, but the marshal is from the Rebbe Rashab. His name was Ripsholom Doivka. So uh, he gives a very interesting mushroom. I'm going to first say it how he says it and then just apply it a little bit. He says a real teacher doesn't give information, data. A real teacher paints a picture. A picture has a lot of details, but it's one picture. But many students never get the picture. All they hear is the details. That's what he says. When you see a piece of art, what are you seeing? You're not seeing a hundred paintings. Oh, wow, look at the house. Oh, look at the sun. Look at the bush. Look at the person. No, that's not a A painting is cohesive. It's one. It's integrated. Does it have hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of nuances of details? Of course, that's what great art is. But it's a piece of art. It's one piece of art. You're going to go to the Mona Lisa and say, you know, I think she looks better in glasses. <laughs> Let's put on glasses. Huh? It's a reform Judaism. <laughs> Let's put on glasses on the Mona Lisa. We have to adjust it. <clears throat> you don't play with art, <laughs> right? You don't add a new uh, stanza to Beethoven's Ninth. You don't want to sing it. Don't sing it. But don't start manipulating. It's a cohesive shtickle. You're not in the mood of it. Don't be in the mood of it. You don't have to sing it. It's a mistake when you start crippling art. It's cohesive. But some people don't have that ability. They look at something, all they could see is a detail, another detail, another detail. Yeah. I once uh, was in Virginia for a Shabbaton, and Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I had to give a shear. It was a It was a snow a few years ago in Virginia. It was 30 feet. So there were two other speakers, Rabbi Breidowitz and then Nat Lewin, uh, Dr. Nat Lewin, the lawyer. They both couldn't come. So I had to fill in for all three speakers, for myself and for the other two. So a speech that was supposed to be an hour ended up being a little longer. Even, a, even when... Okay. So, uh, so we, we, we spoke. It was, a, it was on something, actually about the symptom, what the symptom is in Kabbalah. So uh, in the beginning, I said a joke, just, you know, to engage the crowd. Most of the spoke for a very long time. I'm not going to tell you how long, so you shouldn't get afraid. You shouldn't be afraid. So uh, at the end, somebody comes over to me. I'll never forget. And he says, the opening joke was brilliant. I finished three and a half hours. He says, the opening joke was brilliant. I'm going to use it. I learned from it. And so on and so forth. So he meant to compliment me. You understand? He meant to compliment me. People hear things, but do you hear the whole picture? That's a different art. The head. Huh? The head. 
in the Kudim, in, in Akudim, there's no Chachman Chesed. There's a picture of Ein Soif. It's expressed in ten details, but the details are not details. The details are part of the Ein Soif. In the Kudim, you start taking yourself seriously. What do I mean seriously? You pluck the rose out of its source. So now the rose is beautiful, but it's not anymore part of the context of all of reality. Now, as we explained, the ramifications in political systems are socialism versus capitalism, right? In socialism, what's the motus operando? There's no yachit, there's only a tzibur, there's only a klal, there's only the big picture. You really don't exist. What I mean you don't exist, I don't mean you don't exist. You don't exist means uh, you don't have independent ownership, independent rights. Capitalism is the opposite. It's all about you. Now, even capitalism, you have to pay taxes. That right? There's what's called the, the social contract. There's the rights you give up to the state to protect you. Or at least supposed to protect you, to clean up the snow, to fix up for Shea roads, etc. So everyone understands that there has to be a negotiation between the Yochid and the Tzibur. But what's the dominant force? The dominant force in a democracy generally, and a capitalistic system is, the Yochid. I, I, I. Especially today's generation, right? What do they say? That everything <coughs> today is about I. The technology too. You have the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad. It all begins with I. Even have, a game, he, even have huh? a game called Wii, spelled with two eyes. Very good. <laughs> Very good. So when you have that Metzius, over here the focus is very much the individual. Or the focus is on the Tzibur. This is just a ramification, how it trickles down into that Havana, that Havchana between. Eser Lahavdil, Eser And the transition from one to the other requires a tremendous restriction, a tremendous, a tremendous tzimtzum. There's a word from the Balatanya, V'chol ha'om royim es by Matan The nation saw the sounds. What does it mean you see sounds? How do you see sounds? You don't see sounds. Chazal say, Mechilter b'shimr b'kiv royim es ha'nishmer, shayim es ha'nira. What does it mean? You see what is heard. So he says something absolutely fascinating. The difference of seeing and hearing is, seeing is from klal to prat. Hearing is from prat to klal. When you see something, you always see first the clown. You see the house. You see the picture. Right? You see the event. You see the, the mansion. Whatever it is. You see the zoo. You see. You see the mountain. You see nature. Then you analyze the details. You start looking. Wow. How did they build this house? What is this kitchen comprised of? What is this picture made up of? You start examining the nuances, but you start with the claw. You see the whole thing, and then you go to the prat. Listening is the other way around. If I'm telling you a story, I can only share detail by detail by detail by detail, and at the end, you go, ah, I got it. Sometimes you don't, but you go from prat to claw. At the end, you get the whole thing. <coughs> How is Judaism usually experienced and taught? Seeing or hearing, right? In Gemara, the expression is always ta, shma. In Zohar, the expression is ta, 
Chazi. Why? The Balatanya says, because Nikola is based on Shmiya. You're learning a Sugi in Gemara, Shnaim Oichzim Betalas. Beitzit Shonel De Beyomtev. Shoshan Oichzim Shafara. Meimus Akkardin Hashma Ba'arvet. L'shem Shisha Dvorim Azevach Nizbach. Sukashik Voyle Maile Master Mama. Detailed, and that's how education works. Detail by detail by detail by detail. After you hear the whole story, then maybe ah, there's a picture. By Matan Torah, the Cholam Royim Esakolus. They saw the Koilus. In other words, in, they didn't see a detail. In every detail, they saw the whole picture. They saw every detail as an expression of the full picture. Full picture. So sometimes all of Judaism that people experience is only Pratim, only Shmir. There's never sight. There's never vision. You don't see any full picture. You can know billions of details. You may know. You know. You may know it well. With Toysvesen, with Rashi, with Marsha. All's good. But it's sometimes only Pratim. Only Pratim. And then to go from the Prat to the Klaal, it's very. It's, it's, it's difficult to see the full picture. In many ways, on an abstract level, that's the difference of akudim and akudim. In akudim, each sphere is a sphere. In akudim, each sphere is not a sphere. That's why the ten are one. Each sphere is the ein soif being expressed through the sphere. Therefore, it's ten, but it's really akudim bikliach. There's only one kli. It's articulated as one mahalach, as one mohus, as one akudim. Okay, so now let's go weiter. He says, in parentheses, the line starts chuli, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight lines from the top. But you must understand the depth of the tzimtzum. Tzimtzum means restriction and descent to get from the paradigm of akudim to the paradigm of nekudim. Even though it's the same, it's ten, ten spheres. Why? Two things. In addition to the fact that the spheres in Akudim called Esses Spheres Agnuses, the ten, the way they're concealed. Again, what does it concealed mean? It doesn't mean a hiding place. Concealed means it's embedded in its source and you don't see it. When something is hidden, you don't see it. Why? Because, of course, you see it. But the uptight is not it. It's expressing its source. That's what it is. So it's called gnuzas. Over there, it's in a much higher state. It's called chakim It's not the type of chachma that we could even identify. That's number one. Each one is on a different space. But it's even more than this. Since they're all in one vessel, meaning they have one articulation, there's no divisiveness between them. When Chachma is accessed, Chachma comes, it's a package deal. You don't only have Chachma, it's not isolated. Kivin the Hossam in Chachma, Pifchina Bifnatsma, Klaalavada. Chachma is not independent. Kim Kola Esses, Vidas Agnuzas, in Dover, Echad Mamish. All the ten are one. And still they're ten. In Kain, Ech Shayach, Lemon, Amshachas, Chachma Bifnatsma. How can you even speak about Chachma being communicated independently? Kim Amshachas, Dover, Hanikre, Esses, Vidas Agnuzas, Huliyah. 
what's communicated is a reality that ultimately combines all the ten. Mashenki Mabchinas Esesphere is the Nikudim. In Nikudim, it's ten lights and ten vessels. This Tzamtzen, it's restricted. The energy is restricted. Therefore, Lias Chachman and Shechus Pchinas Echad Levada. Pchina Achas Levada. Mamish Vechain Chesed. Each one is isolated. It has its own Kaili. It has its own articulation. Vadim Muva. And you understand, this is no small difference. He's writing it almost like he writes his Shulchan Aruch, you see. There's no Erech, there's no comparison to Chachma on its own, to Chachma the way it's integrated literally with all the ten. You have a word, It's made up of Lamed, Mem, Shin, Right, Fei, Ches, Vav, Saf, Yud, Chaf, Mem. How many letters was that? Very good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You understand why he chose this word? He chose it for another reason. What's the other reason? Right? Parshas Noyach. <laughs> he said it, Parshas Noyach. And it's ten letters. But there's also a third reason he chose it. I'll tell you in a moment. So, what it means to your families? Where did you get that translation? From which letter? From Lamed? From Mem? From Shin? From, from which letter did you get it? The answer is you got it from... All the letters. If you'll take out the Shin, you're not going to have it. If you take out the Ches, you're not going to have it. If you take out the Shlossmem, you're not going to have your families. You'll have family, not your family. So which letter makes it up? The answer is, the letters together make it up. What happens if I pluck out the Lamed, the Mem? I have it, but do I have it? <laughs> what, how much of the Mishpichai Seichem do you have in an isolated Mem? I'm asking you. You should tell me 10%, right? But do you have 10%? Zero. You have 0%. So it's an interesting marshal that he's giving. You understand? Every letter should give you 10%. I have $100. I split it into 10. So you get $10. I have Lumash I split it into 10. You should get 10% of the idea. You get none of the idea. That's how deep the symptom is from Akudim to Nikudim. Here you have a Lamid. And here you have Lumash and it's two experiences of life. It's different experiences of life. It's two types of marriages. It's two types of relationships. It's a whole different experience. Here, the individuality, the mem is not busy fighting with the shin. Why? Because <laughs> the gedder of the mem and the gedder of the shin, se'ein vort. Like we say in Yiddish, se'ein vort. I don't mean on vort only as a word. Ein vort means it's one It's one It's one metzius. Yeah, a few lines we'll see. It's also one level down. There's another reason I think why he uses the word and that is because it actually explains family dynamics. <laughs> That's, I think, the real reason he uses this word. This explains family dynamics. Because every family really goes through this process of akudim, nikudim, and berudim. Really, every individual goes through this process. His first marshal for akudim was the soul and the body. In other words, this all exists in the human psyche. 
There's a level of soul where everything is one. Then there's the marriage of the soul and the body, and everything becomes distinct. But really, you have it also in larger organisms, not just my own and your own, what we call superorganisms. And one of the great organisms of society is the mishpacha, the family. The family is a very interesting reality. We're separate, and yet we're so one. So there's a space where all the children really were not distinct people, right? Remember, where do they come from? They come from the same, the same DNA of the father, the same DNA of the mother. If you look at them from that perspective, what do you see? You could look at ten children, but you see Mamish one, you see it's the father, it's the mother, and sometimes the parents experience it that way. You could think you're 49 years old, but from your mother's perspective, you know, you're two years old. So she would give you a bubble bath if you came home tonight, you know, and then tell you to eat. You're not eating. Here, let me give you some cakes. Let me give you some honey cookies. But personalities are different, so... Oh, oh, oh. But if you only remain in that space and you say, oh, we're just one, when we all, we do the same thing, right? What happens? There's a frustration, yeah? One of the biggest issues of siblings is you don't respect me as a separate person, right? People have with older brothers, with sisters, with fathers. You don't respect me. I am forever the baby working for you in the company. I always have to live off the honey and the milk flowing from your talents, this is a lot of cause of frustration. You don't respect me. You don't give me my space. Either either you detach yourself from me because you can't deal with respecting me or you control me. But there's nothing in the middle. So you have your akudim, nekudim. Nekudim is teenage rebellion. Akudim is childhood. In childhood, when you're mamish an infant, you don't even distinguish diversity. In childhood development, there's a state after your birth, you don't even know the difference between you and I, right? There's no you and I. That comes later. But when you're a child, you're still dependent. Then at some point, usually it used to happen when you were 17, now it's happening when you're five. You're like, because five-year-olds are already teenagers, it's like, uh, I am my own man. <laughs> I am my own man. So what are you doing? You take the lamed, you take the mem, you take the shin, not a mishpach anymore. Not a mishpach anymore. Thanksgiving is coming up in America. Thanksgiving dinners is always a center of drama. Who's coming? Who's not coming? Is he going to be there? Is she going to be there? Is the cranberry sauce going to be? Oh, you are okay. But uh, but that concept of the of the mishpacha really they're one. There's a there's a point where they're one. They were all babies and they were all rooted in a source. But then you become manifested into individuals. The question is, can you reach the third state? And the third state is Tikkun versus Toyu, which is Brudim versus, uh, versus Nekudim. But the Tzimtzum, to get from Akudim to Nekudim, is dramatic. Because the difference between cohesiveness and separateness, that's his Mishmashal, is not just you get 10%. It's, you don't get anything of it. In other words, in the sphere, that's why it's called Yeshme Ayin. You can't recognize the sphere in Nekudim and you can't see it traced back to the sphere in Akudim, even though it comes from there. Because the metamorphosis is so powerful. Now, of course, the metaphor is inaccurate because when I have a Lamed, what am I supposed to do with the Lamed? But the truth is it is accurate because there's a lot to do with a Lamed. <laughs> a Lamed has a personality. A Lamed is very interesting. A Lamed has a shape. A Lamed has a gematria. Lamed has meaning. Comes from the word Lamed to teach. Mem has meaning. Shin has meaning. It has a personality. 
the Lemishpechai Seichem is lost. That's completely lost. Even though it's really there. Why? Because when I bring back the letters, it's all there. And then, oh, this was the Lamed. Ah, it's a different Lamed. What's the uptight of Lamed? In the Kudim, it's Lamed. In the Kudim, it's Lemishpechai Seichem. Makes up a word. It's a different update. It's like the piece of art. You could focus on the detail, or you say, ah, it's part of an art. There's a famous story read about five blind people who were given an elephant to touch. You know the story, right? And everybody touched the elephant, and everyone came with a different conclusion. This one touched the leg of the elephant, and he said, this is a tree. This is the trunk of a tree. Right? And this one touched the tusk and he says it's a pipe. And this, everyone, this one touched the side of the elephant, he said it's a wall. It's a fortress. <laughs> and then somebody who wasn't blind says it's an elephant. <laughs> they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. They were just experiencing it from their perception. From their perception, it was really that. They just didn't get the full picture, which includes all the details. That's the key difference between Akudim and Akudim. And he says, in addition, this is talking about the unity. Besides the fact, and they're connected, of course, that here the Chachma is called Yidiyah, here it's called not Yidiyah, Lobe Chachma Yidiyah. And there you could say it's still one because there's no division. Now we come to your question. The oir itself is beyond akudim. He's not ma'irich in this right now. But in other words, Akudim <coughs> is already some level of articulation of the ten spheres, because you say there's a cleat. Even though it's one message, it's the way the Ein Soif is expressed. Because beyond this, we're not even dealing with expression. We're not dealing with expression. This is already expression. Next paragraph. Vihine. We come now to the next step. In the world of Nekudim, in contrast to the world of Akudim, there was the breaking of the vessels. Shviras Hakelim, this is an acronym, Arash Tevis. The smashing, the shattering of the vessels. Shazel Inyan Oilam Hatoyu. This is the concept discussed in Kisrei Ha'arizal at length known as Olam HaToyim. Any, well, even most basic student of the, any of the terminology of Teres HaNister will immediately dabble with the terms Olam HaToyu versus Olam HaTikun, Shviras HaKelim, Olam HaNikudim, Olam HaAkudim, Olam HaBrudim, and so forth. But here, he's out not just to you know, quote the terms, but to give the Havana of them, to understand the soul of what's being conveyed. Obviously, it's all symbolic language, always. Breaking vessels, it's all symbolic ideas, conceptual concepts that are conveyed through 
graphic images. In Olam HaAkudim, we learned that the ten lights of the Sphirois were akud, bound up, completely unified in one keli, in one vessel. Nikudim is already the emergence of the ten Sphirois from a state of transcendent consciousness to the point that there's no distinctiveness even between the ten. It's one cohesive word. Now they emerge into ten lights contained by ten vessels. Which means really that there is ten ways to articulate the spheres because there are ten different spheres so you need ten ways to articulate them. You have ten kalim. And what it means on a conceptual level, this was our discussion in the previous shiurim is, it's not just you went from one to ten. It's not an issue of quantity. You added another nine. That's not the vart. It's a different, different creature. Antu chad v'lo b'chushben, antu chakim v'lo b'chachma yediya, antu mevin v'lo b'vini yediya, to chesed gvuru tiferes netzachoyd with Hashem yediya. And what that means conceptually here, as we explained, I'm not going to get into that whole discussion, just to remind you, that in Akudim, there's no ten sviris. There's ein soif. It's the ein soif being expressed in so many different ways. But what's felt in the consciousness of the svira is, I'm expressing the ein soif. We don't even call it a svira yet. We don't call it a svira, right? We call it esesvira, hagnuzas, hidden. And the spirituality hidden means it's hidden. Physically hidden means it's there, it's just hidden. I cover the cup, you don't see it. In spiritual terms, it doesn't work that way. Relationships are based on inherent properties, not circumstantial properties. You put it here, it's hidden. Gnosis means it's essentially hidden, meaning it's not seen. You can't see it because there's nothing to see. Because its definition is not one that represents its own identity. Its definition is what? A for the gilui, for the expression of the Ein Saif. And therefore, Chachma and Chesed are really one, even though they're so different. Because what's nirgish, what's felt, is not the Chachma, it's not the Chesed, what's felt is the Ein Saif being expressed. But as a result of a tremendous tzimtzum, a tremendous restriction, and as he said earlier in the parentheses, it comes to quite many tzimtzum and restrictions. He called it tzimtzum, Adam Kadman, tzimtzum hadikna, various tzimtzumim, which is also a major term in Teres Hanister, there is now the next stage called Olam Hanikudim, where the ten spheres emerge as ten entities. Divine, we're talking about divine entities, divine energies. It's not really a next stage or a next level. It could be the yes, when I say ne- whenever you say next in Chsidis, it's never time. Never. Next means. Alternate. Huh? Alternate. No, conceptually it follows it, but they both always remain. They exist simultaneously. Some of it in our psyche is expressed in time. That's true. But it still exists. The level that's there before you're born is there also after you're born. You just may have a harder time accessing it. It's always there. There's an expression, in Ruchnius is Nishtokin Ovar. In Ruchnius is Nishtokin Ovar. Sometimes in Shrama is Eichnishtakinavar. Huh? It's not past, it's right now. I'm just giving a metaphor, but that hopefully we can heal from. In real Ruchnius, there's no Avar. It's not defined by time, it's present. 
If you touch Ruchnius, it's not Avar. It never. <coughs> Question? Yeah. You said before that every. Uh, right. Just right. Yeah. We may access it in, at different times, but it's on ourselves. But it's not operating in a, in limited to the Indian of Zman. So an, an example for this would be we say, for example, very similar. One plus one equals two, right? And therefore, two minus one equals one. What came first? What came second? If you can't establish that one plus one equals two, so you don't know what two is, first you have to say two is one plus one. Now you could say, if you take one away from two, you're left with one. So the second statement follows the first statement, but does it follow it in time? Was there ever a time that one plus one equaled two, but two minus one did not equal one? No. They were always together. So why do I say one after the other? Because in concept, you can only appreciate number two after number one. So we say the word after, but after doesn't mean six o'clock, seven o'clock. Clark? <coughs> yeah, that's in the paradise at length. Why ten dafka? Okay, that's a whole separate sugya. Could have been spherus and kates also. Ain't soif could express itself in in lapoil. The building blocks of our world are ten, and that's why ten is the misper hashalim. The Ezra says ten is the complete number, and generally ten. Basarim amaris nivra ha'olam. Hashem decided it should be ten. If he wanted eleven, there could have been eleven. Sadibris, etc. Asermachus. When you get to this differentiation in the Kudim, you still haven't reached all the Matsilas yet? No. It's only going to be in Brudim. Yes. We're still in Tiko. Yes. Right, no, not at all. In the Kudim, there was a crisis. The crisis is Shviras HaKalim, breaking of the vessels. And this is called Oilam Atayu. Why? Vahainu Lefisha Hoyurak Bibchinis Nakudis, Kal Achas Bchinna Bifneyatsma. The reason is because the problem was, I shouldn't say the problem, because the reality was that it was Nekudim. Nekudim comes from the word Nekudis, points. In other words, each one self-contained. And because each one is self-contained, therefore, ultimately, the vessels break. And this is what gives it the name Olam HaToyu, which Toyu actually means chaos or confusion. Mirachefes apnei hamayim ha'aretz hoisas soyu in kisvei ha'riza is defined as the experience of toyu. The truth of the way he says in Medrash Raba in Bereishis that Hakadosh Baruch Hu hayaboyna olamus umachrivan. He built worlds and he destroyed them. <coughs> this is the pchina of olam ha'toyu where there was shviras hakelim. And here again, we're not talking about a one-time experience. We're talking about a perpetual uh, concept and reality of. Nekudim and its consequences. Now, what does this mean? That because Nekudim, each one was kol achas p'china b'fnei atzma, What it means is that in this state of Nekudim, here is where conflict arises. And the reason conflict arises is because the you and the I are not one anymore <coughs> in Nekudim. Why are the you and the I not one anymore? Because we lost that wholesome cohesiveness that existed in the world of Akudim. In the world of Akudim, Chachma, Chesed, Bina, Gvurit, Tiferes are completely one. That's why they're in one Kli. Why are they one? Because they are one. I, they have different identities. The different identities is only in the way of expression, but it's not in its core. 
Because the uptight of Chachme and Akudim, the uptight of Bina, of Chesed and Akudim is what? The Ein Soif. Because that's its uptight, that's its identity. So therefore you and I are really one. You're expressing truth through your personality. I'm expressing truth through my personality. You're expressing the infinite light in one way, and I'm expressing the infinite light in another way. So your light only enhances my light. And my light only enhances your light. Speak about it in human psychological terms. Your success is my success. And my success prompts your success. That's a different type of perspective. There's no concept of competition in a negative sense. Competitiveness where if you win, I lose. If you're number one, there are authors who check every day, every week, the, the bestseller list of books. And as long as you're number two, Right? You're praying that number one has his Mapala next week. So you can get number one. Because there can only be one number one. The whole Olympic model is there's one winner to the race. There's one winner to the race. Chanukah and Purim in Kabbalah are Netzach and Hoyt. Every Yomtev is a Svira. Chanukah and Purim are Netzach. Chanukah is Netzach. Why is Chanukah Netzach? Because the Greeks were all about victory. And they were brilliant. They were about victory. They created the concept of victory. Chanukah is also about Netzach, but Chanukah is the Netzach from the world of Akudim. Netzach in the world of Akudim is opposite that type of Netzach, the Greek type of Netzach. There's a Netzach where if you win, I lose. For me to win, you have to lose. We can't both win. How could we win? There's one person on the top. That's a person who's compartmentalized. And therefore, my success is your downfall. Your downfall is my success. So is that the Kudim, the Greek level? <laughs> One the of it. We're, we're dealing with very, a very uh, a divine world, but everything trickles down into the lowest spaces. <coughs> of course, always. always. There are husbands that if their wife succeeds too much, they get jealous. And there are wives that if their husband succeeds too much, they can't deal with it. If you have any success outside of my own orbit, I, I can't deal with it. Because somehow it threatens me, it competes with me. So the Akudim is really the infinite broadness of understanding nobody could take away your light. Why could nobody take away your light? Because it's really an infinite light. It's an ain't light. And the way it's expressed through Chachma is not expressed through Chesed. So in Akudim it's felt, so to speak, in the most abstract, transcendent way. But the way we articulate it, if we're speaking in words of Kalim, in words of Kalim, that's the model of Akudim. Now, Nikudim is a very opposite definition. Hashem wanted identity. <laughs> that's why he made Nikudim. Reality could have stopped by Akudim. If Akudim would be the end of Ishtalshalus, the end of the evolutionary process, the world would have looked a certain way. We would not, we would not see our, each other as separate people. Everything would be min bimin and there would be no boider. <laughs> this is very important. There would be no boider. It's oichel echad and it's one min. It's not two minutes. <coughs> I, we're so different. We're not different. We're not different. We look different. And we don't even look different. You might think you look different. Right? So speaker once said, he said, I don't speak long. It just seems that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It seems that way. We're not really different. And that's also what it means when you say it's beyond Zman, beyond Malkam. 
the di- what does it mean? Was, is, will be, or or space? Mizrach might have darim and It's all connected. It's all integrated. So you have in modern physics, there's, there's words for it, but there's also another concept, and that is that the differences, the nuances of reality, even though they may be very different, they're really one because they're each ultimately expressing a oneness that is manifested through different mediums, and it could be manifested in, 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 in infinite other mediums, and it's still all the same, the same Ein Saif. In Avodah Hashem, we say in Kel Adin on Shabbos, about the sun, the, the galaxies, the sun, the, the, sun, the moon, Meleim Ziv, Umefikim Ha'olam, they're filled with radiance, they emit light, the radiance fills the world, it's beautiful. And then we say, They are happy when they go out, meaning when the sun comes out in the morning. And they rejoice when they return, so to speak, when they set from our perspective. And here you have a paradox. Do you love going to work or do you love coming home? If you love one, it's very hard to love the other. If you love leaving the house, for whatever reason, you don't love coming home. And if you hate leaving the house, right? So usually you don't love leaving the house. Smechim, I mean, so then you don't, yes, yeah, so, you know, one of the two. Smechim betseisim besasim bevoy. The answer is, oisim be'ema ritzoyin koinam. They both feel that their duty in life is to do ritzoyin koinam. So if the rutzen of my koinam, of my creator, is I should go out, I go out. If the Ratzin has now come back in, it's going in because it's the same thing. Because if my eye is just a conduit to fulfill Ratzin Kainam, so Tseisam and Vayam is simply a technical difference. Now you want me in this Tseir, now you want me in this Tseir. Now you want me here, now you want me here. But it's the same Nekudah. Smeichim but Tseisam, why? Because what's felt is Ratzin Kainam. So if there's a conflict... So then it's a question. Tseisim is geshmak, boyim is not geshmak. I like my job, I don't like my job. If it's the Nekud of Ritzayim Kainam, so then the very eye is not caught up in the details of Smeichim B'Tseisim Asasim B'Vayim. And the same is true in many other areas, but that's the most. In Nekudim, that drastically changes. In Nekudim, each sphera, which ultimately will become the source of identity in the world, it's the building blocks of the universe, each one has a separate vort. In other words, it has a separate keli. It has a separate distinct vessel, container. It articulates itself in a particular way. It's called a nekuda. I am my nekuda, and you are your nekuda. But remember that they're still infinite. And therefore, there's a clash of civilizations. There's a clash of priorities. So what happens? Shviris HaKelem. Literally, a head-and-head collision. Because if I'm infinite and you're infinite... And the definition of our eye is what? Not expression of a larger infinity. But the definition of my eye is I. definition of your eye is you. So we're not one anymore. So now when we meet, there's a shviras hakel and there's a breaking of the vessels. So ultimately it's a clash between finitude and infinity, really. Yeah. You're using something finite, but yeah. to try to express yeah. something infinite. Yeah. So it also means that you lost all the ten spheres? Like he didn't lose, it got broken. All but brokenness all, comes from this space. Yeah, we'll soon see about the tikkun akli, what happens with the tikkun. But the shvirus hakelem is the concept that there was a breakdown. 
And the reason there was a breakdown is because the extremism of individuality and it's real individuality. It's not mitigated individuality. It's not compromised individuality. It's not diluted individuality. It's infinite individuality. So what happens here is, ultimately, there can't be coexistence. The clash is too intense, and all of the vessels break. And what happens when the vessels break is, the vessels have light. So there's light of toyu everywhere in broken vessels. So wherever you look, in brokenness, there's a lot, a lot of light. A lot of light, because the kalim have oil, but they're broken, they're fragmented. The part of it, there's the element of the oil that departs from Shvira Sakalim, but there's the element of the oil that can't depart from Shvira Sakalim. The kalim captured it, the kalim contains it, but it's fragmented. And what does fragmentation mean? Fragmentation means there's no cohesiveness anymore. So therefore, you can't even identify the depth of the spark the depth of the spark. That's what we learned in other Maimarim about the secret of food, why a person is dependent on food, because really Toyu is higher than Tikkun. It just went through a terrible trauma. All The source of all trauma and brokenness in our world, essentially, spiritually, is rooted in the Shviris HaKelem of Toyu, where the eye ultimately was broken, because there's no recognition anymore of the oneness of humanity and even the oneness of you as a reflection of the Ein Saif. So the person that comes through it's like, it's of all ten. That's That's only like in the Kudim not. Okay. That was the issue of Shreya Sakel. What happens in Brudim is something fascinating. What happens in Brudim is finiteness is introduced. So it's a tremendous compromise, Legabe, the infinite splendor of Akudim and even Nikudim. Because each sphere is also, it's ten, but finite. And because more finite, so therefore, I respect my boundaries. Because I have boundaries. And therefore, I understand that you also have boundaries. And it's a give and take. I need you, and you need me. And therefore, the passion is far less intense. Because it's not infinite anymore. But... There can be what's called co, what we call cooperation, which is a combination of two words. Cooperation. We operate as co's, or what we call interdependence. Interdependence is not independent. There's dependence, where you're just dependent on somebody. There's uh, codependence, okay, that's another parsha. You have independence, you know, I don't need you. And then you have interdependence. Interdependence is a blessing. Interdependence means the ability, the, the awareness that ultimately I have something you don't have, but you have something that I'll never have. And therefore I need you and you need me and we have to complement each other. And it's never mutually exclusive. So there's an element of deep individuality there. But there's also an element of understanding the boundaries of individuality and therefore the need to give and the need to take. So the reason that Brudim could operate in that fashion is because the intensity, the infinity that existed in the Kudim, which is really much closer to Akudim, in terms of power, in terms of potency, because the Kudim speaks the truth that God is Ein Saif. But it corrupts the truth in the sense that it applied the Ein Saif to the individual ego. In Brudim, that is lost. That is lost in order to protect it from Shvira Sakalim. You don't have that extremism, that intensity, that infinity that Toyu has, that Nakudim has. That's the third step 
which is Olam Habrudim, which means the world of in, of integration. <coughs> Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Right? What's the part about Ayn Rand? <laughs> no, it's a vart. It's a vart. It's a, it's a way. It's a concept. It's a mahalach. Everyone is responding to the crisis of humanity, to the pain of humanity. How best to build a society? It's very complicated. Building societies, building families, building communities. What what gives? What takes? That's why you have here the two the, the, the two the two radical models that we addressed is the model of socialism versus the model of capitalism. And in its extremes, I'm not talking not in its in its extremes. It represents. I'm going to say the word lahavdil because I'm not going to compare uh, 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 Labor Lebronstein also known as Leon Trotsky, and certainly not the Rosh Hashanah Stalin. But I, I'm explaining how things trickle down to consciousness. They weren't about the Elam He was a, a paranoid uh, monster. But, but the philosophy that justified his monstrous actions was based on what? On the concept that if you want peace in the world... Take away ownership. Don't allow individuality to reign supreme. See the world as a tzibur. See the world as really one cohesive tzibur where there's no distinctiveness. <coughs> a beautiful, a brilliant word from the Rebbe Chavar Gon and Halacha. In the Sech de Brachas, there's a machlekas between Rebbe Shmuel and Rebbe Akiva about... Uh, about Rabbi Yossi, about Birchas Hazimun. What do we do by Birchas Hazimun? So three, you say Nevarech, ten, you say Nevarech Halekenu, and then Rabbi Yossi goes up and up. You have a hundred in Nusach changes, a thousand in Nusach changes, and ten thousand people eating a Sudda, the Nusach changes. It always changes. The halacha is, no, the halacha is that it doesn't. Once you hit ten, you say Alekenu, even if you have 10,000 Jews eating together. What's the Svarasamach like us? So the Rekachavah explains, and he shows that in the whole Shas they argue about this. If a Tzibur is basically a herkiv of Yechidim, it's basically nine Yechidim plus one, and whenever you have ten people, it's powerful. One person is powerful, two is more, nine is more, and ten is like a critical mass that creates tremendous power. It's like, you know, a company that has ten people. Huh? A quantum jump. Um, uh, a jump. A jump. Twenty, therefore, is more. And a thousand is more. And when you have a company of 10,000 people, a lot more is going on. When you have 10,000 Jews screaming, there's a bigger hamshach of Gdusha. You have to say more. It's more going on. But Shabbat says the other shit, and that's the halach is, that when you hit 9, 10, you reach a transcendental point of oneness. The nine people now merge into one transcendent metzius of cohesiveness. You add another 10,000, you didn't add anything. You added 10,000 people. But the Nakuda of Tzibur, of oneness, it's a whole new identity that was created. It's not 10 people. A minion is not 10 people. A minion is a neshama klolis. Because 10 Jews are 10 spheres, because every Jew is an underveld. So if you could bring 10 Jews in one room without screaming at each other... Nachtadavin, right? So what you created was, you went back to Olam HaKudim. You went back, so there, add another thousand spheres. You added numbers. 
you didn't add to the oneness, you can't add. It, it, you, it's, it's a different word. That's the quantum leap. That's why I was hesitant with your expression. <coughs> so, so you understand, it's a whole different mahalach. Because it's not, it's not protim anymore. It's a cloud. You can't add to the cloud. You can add more protim, but they all merge into the same cloud, and that cloud was there. <laughs> you have to say different. Why? Because is a world of multiplicity, and once you hit a certain height, there's no multiplicity anymore. Rishus Hayachid is Oila Adler Akiya. In Halacha, Rishus Hayachid is Oila Adler Akiya. That's the word. <laughs> I didn't hear the word. Tzibur. Tzibur means a community, a minion. Tzibur is one. This is a big thing by him. These two Mahalchim. He, he says that he writes the Lashem Pligi Bechola Terakula. The whole Torah they argue about this. The whole Torah. If there's a Metzius where Yechidim lose their identity and they become something else. They become a, a, a transcendent reality. That's the Koyach of a Minyan. And therefore, Bar- the Gemara brings there, Baruch Hashem Amvoyrach. Everyone, everyone says, Baruch Hashem Amvoyrach, if there's 10,000 Jews, you don't change the Nusach. Right? By benching, it's an argument. Because davening, you're connecting to something in heaven and beyond. Eating, you're eating. The question is, if in eating, you can experience that same oneness. Which, which has but to do with... Right, and for eating. So by definition, you're dealing with a fragment. The whole idea of tefillah is how loss, sublimation. Right. But in eating, it's the other way around. It's about earthiness. Can you connect to that space? Okay. I just want to say, we, 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 have a min- we started to have a minion here at 7.45. Just you should know. That's when I'm going to stop. We have a minion here in this room, 7.45. There's a minion that starts also upstairs in a few minutes. But uh, not upstairs, in the tent. In the tent. Okay. So now, so in an extreme fashion, you have one model of society which says, we're all one. And therefore, even though we each contribute, you know, as the kibbutz model, so to speak, the socialist model, ultimately, what is yours is mine, what is mine is yours, you get what you need, I get what I need, hopefully if there's, you know, distribution that is fair and is honest, but the concept is that you don't own and then there's the capital, capitalistic ideal, which is what? On the contrary, it's all about the individual. It's all about the I. What is the challenge in each one? And here, we have to understand this in order to appreciate Brudim. The challenge in the Kudim is very clear. It's what free societies in an extreme create. And that is family structures. Structures that demand sacrifice get compromised. It's hard for people to stay married. It's hard for people to have loyalty. It's hard for people to make sacrifices because the definition of capitalism is ich. Ich. So if you meet my needs, fine. The moment you don't meet my needs, bye-bye. The whole mahalach hamachshav is one that my individuality reigns supreme. The world of akudim in a political system completely denies that. Completely denies that. Not only does it foster loyalty, it doesn't acknowledge that there's anything but loyalty. <laughs> you don't exist in as an independent. Your whole tachlis is to create the tzibur. We all know there's different types of communities. Some communities are built on this model. You don't exist as long as you are part Siddhazazach. You are part of this. That is your value. And therefore the moment you flex your muscles, what are you? 
What's the word? Huh? Okay. Clicks. You call them clicks. And, and there's a reason for it. Now, for a person, there's, there's a reason because it only does, doesn't only foster law, it fosters a certain lifestyle. It's all about commitment, dedication. You're part of something. You build, you're building, you're always here to build somebody else. <laughs> To, to bring in families, as a rabbi once told me, my objective as a rabbi in this community is three things. I hatch them, I match them, and I dispatch them. And we move on. That's what we do. That's what we do. And as long as it's going, the cycle is going. And you move, you move. Next. You marry off, kids, 8 o'clock, you could move on. A new day. Right? And there is something powerful to it. The world of Nikudim is a backlash against this world. <coughs> no, there's something called I, and it's not about you. It's about me. And when you take that to an extreme, <coughs> it's, it has its consequences. It has its consequences. But what's the challenge of Akudim? The challenge of Akudim is that God didn't want things to stop by Akudim. He could have stopped it by Akudim. There is something called I. There is something called the individual. It exists. And when you deny that, when you crush that, what are you doing? You're denying a certain truth about existence. So the question is, can Akudim and Nekudim ever gain Shalom bias? That's the Shaila. There's a Maile in Akudim, there's a Gavaldika Maile in Nekudim. But each one ultimately was not the Tachlis of the Bria. In Nekudim, the Chisarin is, the Yesh is so extreme that there's a Shvirus Akelim. But in Akudim, in Akudim, there's no chisar. In Akudim, is Akudim. When we're applying Nakudim, Akudim to life or to political systems or to building of of society and so forth, we couldn't make believe that we're one. We're not. We're not. We're just not. <laughs> I got my stuff, and you got your stuff. Is it a curse? No. That's the question. Is it a curse? No. A curse you undo. <coughs> it's part of Kavana Sabriya. Exactly. <laughs> and when you try to recreate it, there's a truth there. There's a truth there. The truth in Akudim is that it speaks to a part of a person that really has a space in which... We, there is a space in which we're one. We come from one mother. We come from one womb. We come from one Ein Saif. And therefore, one of the deepest pleasures a person can have in life is... Now, it's hard for somebody who grew up in a stifled community to appreciate this, because they always try to run away. But somebody who didn't, one of the greatest pleasures in life is when you feel cosmic oneness. People who engage in mindfulness and other things know there's a description where you feel one with the world. That feeling is exhilarating. Like you, you lose the burden of having to exist independently. You lose the burden of ego. Sometimes uh, in a symphony, in a musical experience, the music is so powerful and people, they surrender their ego, they melt. Sometimes you have an intimate group of people who are very open with each other, you know? And in that process, you don't feel ego anymore. You don't have to protect yourself. Ultimately, like two identities can, can melt into each other. There's a very powerful moment in that when it comes from a space of enlightenment, not from a space of, of repression. That's the thrill, the thrill of oneness. And then there's going back to, to individuality. And then there's the yearning to go out of individuality, to feel the oneness, which represents Akudah. 
So now we have the third step, where he says, Here they become organisms, structures. There's never any more Chachman on its own. And that's why if you ever see pictures in Kabbalistic works, the spheres in Brudim change pictures. In Nekudim, it's point by point by point by point. In Brudim, it's always Chesed on the right, Kvura on the left, Teferis in the center. It's like a structure of an organism because each one is in a relationship with the other. It's literally like a living organism. You can't isolate your right arm from your left arm, your heart from your brain, your liver from your pancreas, Etc. It is a svidas. Chachma should also include the others, but it's not like Hakudim anymore. It's a different type. Vinikra parts of Abba. In Kabbalah, it's called the structure of Abba, the structure of the Father, the Chachma structure. Vichain parts of Zah. Parts of Ze'er Ampin. This is a metaphor for the six Midas. Sheikari Pchinis Amidas. Achkulan Hayu Klulam Yachat. All the Midas are integrated and they even have a ray of the father and mother. This is a Gevaldika Milo over Nekudim because in Nekudim everyone was a lone wolf. Or I should say a lone Mida. And he comes back to his metaphor. A Imagine when all the letters went into fragmentation. And now you bring them back together. And what happens? And you have a word that comes out of it. You see suddenly that it's one word. Oh, so now you're going to ask a question. This is Akudim. He says, no. That's not, it's not anymore Akudim. In Akudim, they were all one to the point that it's one Kli. Brudim is similar to Nakudim in the sense every sphere has its own vessel. It's ten, it's not one, it's not like Akudim. It's just they appreciate that you need the integration that is given to you from the other sphere. And that's a different model than Akudim. In Akudim, you didn't have the birth of individuality. You had only oneness. In Birudim, there is individuality with the deep appreciation that from my eye, to really be able to be fully alive, your eye is indispensable to my eye. That's a whole different definition. This is already an integration of cohesiveness with individuality. That's the Chiddush that happens in the reality of Brudim. It's called the Olam Hatikun. Umikal Makayim. Al Yidei Hiskala Lezu. Which one is a higher state of consciousness? You might assume Nikudim. Because Nikudim is still infinite. In Brudim, you become a finite being. And that's why you create room for somebody else. He says, but the truth is, Al Yidei Hiskala Lezu through this integration, you actually experience the higher light of the Ein Saif. Here is a line. True infinity will only connect in a place where there is synthesis and integration and unity. It's exists in the physical world. Zachar u'nekeva baram, v'yidezeh v'yivarech 
Bereshis it says, B'Tzalem Elokim Hashem makes Adam and Chava, Zachar Nekeva Borom Vayivorech Hayson. So it's not Stam two details. He created male and female and he blessed them. No, the only way he could bless them is when male and female became one. Because male and female are the paradigms of contrast. Zachar and Nekeva are contrast. Everything in the world is operated by the male-female contrast of genders. The whole botanic kingdom, the whole tree life, plant life, male-female, of course animal kingdom, and of course human race. Zachar and Nekeva exists already on the highest echelons of existence, male and female. And then it trickles down to the concept of male and female here. And when we say male and female, we're not only talking about male-female. In every person there's male and female, in a male and in a female but it's the concept. And only when Zachar and Akeva come together, which demands always compromise, sensitivity, mitigation, negotiations, always. Right? A professor of English once asked his students, what's the difference in the English language between an engagement and a battle? So one of the students said, one is before the wedding, one is after the wedding. <laughs> Whenever you're engaging, you're engaging the opposite or the one who's different. If you don't compromise, you have Shri Sakalim. So there are marriages that look like Oilam Atoyu. It's exactly what they look like. You walk into the kitchen, the Kalim break. I mean quite physically, Shri Sakalim. The Kalim break. The pots break and the pans break. Hopefully not over your head, but they break in the sink. Shri Sakalim. Right? In the world of Burudim, Everyone is mitigated. You realize your finiteness. You realize your smallness. You realize it's another vantage point. So therefore you have to create space for it. So L'cha'ayda, you're living a much more limited life. In the world of Nekudim, you're a bohemian. You're, you're, you're uninhibited. That's the beauty of it. The Chiddush here is that the Ein Soif, you can access only in Brudim. Because it's reminiscent of Akudim. It's the way Akudim is articulated in a world of individuality. In other words, it's not really mitigation. It looks like mitigation. It's really infinity. But you have to be more bittle because she's an issue to give. Of course. But, 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 uh, it's the bittle, it's, it's bittle of Akudim. That's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is when you, to put, it, to put it in these words, I think, when you become finite, you can become infinite. If you remain infinite, you will actually remain finite. When you become finite, you can access infinity. Because infinity can only be accessed with Chibur and Iskalalos. Why? Because this is one of the great messages of this Maimon. Because the truth of infinity is never defined by one, by one Mahalach. So therefore, infinity always integrates. Infinity always unites because infinity includes everything. Therefore, when I think I'm infinite, by definition, I'm stripping myself from the gift of infinity. When I could really discover my finiteness and therefore create space for you, then I can access real infinity. Because infinity rests, infinity is accessed in the space that we create for each other. Where did the Shechina rest? In the space between the Kruvim. The male and the female. The space that one Kruv makes for the other Kruv, that's where the Ein Soif comes in. Because how is Ein Soif accessed in a world of fragmentation? In a world of particularities? In a world of parochialism? In a world of I? How is Ein Soif accessed? We can't operate on the Ein Soif. 
How is it accessed in a conscious, on a conscious level? So some of us strip ourselves once in a while from ego, and you become one with that space. And marriages also have that. But how do you operate on a daily level on that space? The only one way. By finiteness, acknowledging its limits. Essentially what that is, it's not a compromise of self. It's an elevation of self to the self of Akudim. And in the self of Akudim, you and I are really one. Zachar nekeva baram and that's what he says here. Let's finish this line. I gave the, the muscle of a minion, not coincidentally. This is something we take for granted. Ten Jews come together. We do it so often, it just becomes a boring experience. But understand what happens. If you say yourself, Baruch Hashem Amvarich, it's a brachal of Atala. You say Kaddish on your own, it's a brachal of Atala. You say Amin Yeish Mirabba, Birchas Atari, Baruch Hashem Amvarich, it's a brachal, you're saying Hashem's name, Levatala. It's an Isra. Ten Jews come together, suddenly you say it. What is it? What happens is that there's an energy of the divine, of infinity, that can dwell when ten people came together. You send one of them out of the shul, you can't have it anymore. Now you can have ten, nine Moshe Rabbeinus. You can have nine Moshe Rabbeinus, but you don't have it. And then you have one Moshe Rabbeinu and nine simple peasants. And they could say Baruch If you have nine Moshe's, you're not allowed them. But this is the Vart. The Vart is that it's a, the, 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 the unity of the ten people, which represents the ten spheres. And therefore it's a recreation of Akudim. That's why it's ten. Not eleven. It's not nine. It's ten people. Recreates a representation of each sphere, and they're together in one room. Even if they take it for granted, God is here. And now, when I say Baruch Hashem it's a serious thing. The kedusha enters into the space of their psyche, whether consciously or unconsciously, because in Brudim you could once again access the Ein Soif, even though it's in a different way than it's in a Five lines from the bottom, page twenty, the second column. When ten Jews meet, when ten Jews come together. Balatanya said, you could say Adover Shabikdusha, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, I'll call Beasura Shinta Sharia. Zakharunakeva Boram Vayedeza Vayivorichaisam. It's in the spaces that we create for each other. It's in the integration of the individuals, creating synthesis, integration, cooperation, where the infinity so manifested in the world of Akudim <coughs> and compromised <coughs> and broken in the world of Nekudim emerges, even though in Brudim there is a finiteness, a lack of intensity that is, of course, a much lower state in some levels than the world of, of Brudim. So he continues, V'zehu al yidei sheim ma ha-meir the Tikkun, which has his Kalalus, which has his Chavrus, which is reminiscent of Akudim. It's not like Akudim, because there's a lot of individuality, there are ten vessels, but it's reminiscent in the sense that there is a certain unity. comes from the name of Memhei, which shines, which is manifest, shines, which is present, it's, it's available in the world of Tikkun. Now, he's going to say here a few words about Shema, which is really a whole sugi b'fnei I'm just going to mention one thing for Pirish Amilus. Yudke Vovke is Hashem's name. Yud and He and Vov and He, which is 26. 
Yud Hey is 15 and Vav Hey is 11. 15 and 11 is 26. But that's when you have the letters Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. What when you write them out? You write it out fully. Yud is Yud, Yud Vav Dalet. Hey, Hey Aleph. Vav, 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 Vav Aleph, Vav. Hey, Hey Aleph. Do that and you'll find 45. Yud Vav Dalet. Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph, Vav. Hey Aleph is 45. This is known as Shem Ma. Because it's Yud Ke spelled out. There are another three ways of spelling out Yud Ke because a hey can be spelled as hey aleph, hey hey, and hey yud. Vav can also be spelled as vav aleph vav, vav vav, vav yud vav. As a result of various spellings, there are another three names in Kabbalah known as shem ban, shem sag, and shem av. So we have 45, 52, 63, 72. Here we're addressing Shema. Each one represents something. In Olam HaTikun, Shema is associated with Brudim. Shema is rooted in a space that's higher than Nekudim. Because this is the Shema of Adam Kadman. Which captures the general light. Similar to Akudim. Al Kain. Mimenu Nimshachatikun. So it's the Ma that allows there, that in Brudim there should be a sense of unison and integration. Vahainu, what's the connection to Shema? So in Kabbalah it says Shema is in Oilam So now he explains Kedarka. Ki Shema hupchines bitul miloshen venachnu mo. When the Jewish people attack Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas B'Shalach, Moshe says, V'nachnu mo kisalinu aleinu. What are we? V'nachnu, like anachnu. What are we kisalinu aleinu? What does he mean? Don't look at me and Aaron as uh, dictators, as tyrants who are trying to control your lives. And there's a power struggle here. And the question is, who's going to win? Moshe says, trust me, I'm not in this job because I love to control people. Completely not who I am. V'nachnu ma. What are we? Ma is ma, right? Chacham ma'u oimer. What? It's the question of what. The question of what sounds like a simple question, but it's really the deepest question. It's the question that people stop asking at a certain age, because you don't have to ask what. You already know everything. So what is really the question that comes from profound humility? I'm not, I'm not asking you to explain yourself. I'm just saying, what? Like, just tell me everything. Let's start over again. I'm ready to reinvent myself. And ma means I'm, re- I'm asking what? What? It's not a specific question. I didn't understand. I have a rayal, a That's already inserting my opinions. I'm an open vessel. And that's what Moshe was saying about himself. I'm a conduit. There's no, I don't, I'm not, this is not an ego thing here. I'm a conduit. And because I'm a conduit, I'm an Eved Hashem. This is not about my power at all. So therefore, <laughs> he could be the most powerful person, but also the most humble person. Because all of his power was not coming because of his own power and the need for it. It was coming because of his selflessness. His power came from his selflessness. His sense of self, it was so powerful because he was so powerless. The most powerful people are the most powerless people. 
The Gemara says, "Hamelech kivin shekara shuv einoizaykif." Gemara in brachas. Every Jew by Shemina Esra, you say Baruch Atah Hashem once more, and then till the end of Shemina Esra, you're zaykif. You stand straight. At the end of Shemina Esra again, you're kireya. Hamelech, a king, if he's davening in shul, if David Hamelech is davening in shul. Well, there was no Shemina Esra then. But if a Melech Yisrael would be davening with the Shemina Esra, Kivan Shekar, the moment he goes, Baruch Atah, he stays down all Shemina Esra. If you want to whack him over his head, it's a good time. So it's fascinating. You have the king, he's obviously in Mizrach. Everyone is straight, and he's down. Sapella. The answer is exactly. Because power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely power of a monarch is very dangerous, which is why we cherish democracy. I mean, we'll see what happens on Tuesday. But, uh, but uh, monarchy is, is, is fraught with problems. I mean, we're thankful for democracy, with all of its problems, right? With all of its issues, with all of its failures. Because most kings don't deserve the title. They're either lunatics, monsters. I'm not only talking about Caliglias. I'm talking about even more civil kings, but the, the, the power it gets to you, to a place of insanity. And even if you're a nice person, there's no way that people could be immune to this. So therefore, the melech, he has to be down much more than everybody else. Because that's the only way he's suitable for the position. That's Moshe, v'nachnu ma. Since Tikkun has that ma, the ability to say what... Therefore, I can create real space for you. I am not busy defending myself or criticizing you. I can actually create space for you without the need <coughs> to impose, to squash, to crush. That's the ability, the u- uniqueness of Ma. Where is Ma rooted in? It's rooted higher than Akudim. It's rooted even higher than Akudim, what he calls here Shem Ma the Adam Kadman, which Adam Kadman in a sentence, because it's not, I know you want to know about Adam Kadman. We'll get to it, Bezer Hashem, one day. But it has to always be boyer in a shir. You need a lot of boyer. Vas yeh and vas nisht. Adam Kadman means primordial man, which basically means an energy that has the blueprint of all of existence. In Adam Kadman, just like an architect makes a blueprint for a house, and every a good architect I'm talking about, and every nook and cranny, every detail and nuance in the house you could find in the blueprint. If he's a good architect, there's not an akuda that's not there. It's not fleshed out in its real size. <laughs> it's not a house, it's a blueprint, it's a piece of paper. But in the blueprint you have everything. But you have it in, in a chalal, and then it's fleshed out. So there's a concept known as Adam Kadmon, which is the primordial Adam, which basically is the Adam that is the blueprint for everything that will develop in existence on every level. So that's even precedes Akudim. There's Shema Da'ak. That's what he says. It's similar to Akudim, Al-Derech Hanalsh. Al-Derech Hanalsh. It's Ur HaKlali. He calls it Ur HaKlali. It's the Ur HaKlali. That Shema is Meir in Tikkun. Again, we're not getting into the specifics of what Shema of Ak here is. And Shema of Ak, I just wanted to give Pirish Hamilis to the words. All integration, real integration, always comes from a sense of alignment, a sense of, of, of surrender to the infinity. And infinity always means that there's more to the picture than my own identity. 
Since Shema represents Bittl, and Bittl to the Ein Saif is what allows integration, so that's why in Tikkun you have the integration that you don't have in Toyu, that you don't have in Nikudah. This will now give us understanding to essentially what we began. The beginning of the Maimer started off with the Der Haflog. And then he continued to say that the Arizal tells us that Hashem has seven names. We know in Halach Hashem has seven names, right? You remember? You have Kael, and you have Elikim, and you have Yudke Vovke, and you have Tzvokos, and you have Shin Dalad Yud, and you have Eke, and you have Adna, Alev Dalad Nun Yud. And they represent the seven, seven spheres. Chesed through Malchus. Kael is Chesed, Elikim is Gvura, Yudke Vovke is Teferes, Netzach you have Tzvokos, Yisoy is Shin Dalad Yud, Adna is... Malchus, Adoin, a leader, Malchus, a master. Comes the Arizal and the Ramak, his Rebbe the Ramak, and said in the beginning, you have to understand something. When we said, Kalis Chesed, and Elikim is Gvura, and Havaya is Teferes, it doesn't mean that the seven names are seven different, Chasvashom, seven different realities. It's one God. In other words, the Oyer is the same. The Oyer is the same by all of them. The oil of Kale, Elikim, it's always the same. So what's the difference? The difference of the name is just the Kale, the vessel through which the oil, the oil is identical. The vessel is different. With one exception, Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke, we say, is Tiferes. But what do you mean Yudke Vavke is Tiferes? Gvura is also uh, Yudke Vavke. You just said that the oil in all of them is Shem Havaya. The difference is only the Kale. So Chesed, so when you say Kale, you said Kael is Chesed, right? You said Elikim is Gvura. Yudke Vavke is Teferis. But you just told me that all of these names of Hashem, it's one, it's Yudke Vavke. It's just the Kali is different. So why is Teferis called Yudke Vavke? Because in Teferis, the Kali and the Oyer is the same. The Kali and the Oyer is the same, meaning it's Yudke Vavke. But, in Gvur, but let's say Gvura, Gvura is different. The Oyer is Yudke Vavke, and the Kali is... Elikim, right? Malchus, the oil is Yudke Vavke, and the Kali is Adna. In Yudke Vavke, the two are the same. What does this even mean? What does this mean? Again, it's, this is code riddle language. So generally, a person hears this, you know, it's okay. Why don't you bring on some more, some more such symbols? So the expression is, it's, it's secrets, it's secrets. We don't talk about the secrets. But his objective was to try to apply it. So he explains, now we'll understand what this means. By Tiferes, the Kali is Shem Havaya. Mashekin bekelem the Chesed Gvura. Why? Ki hini ikerai skalalus anasa boilam atikinu adei kavahim tsoyishu b'chines Tiferes midosir shol Yaakov. Although Tikkun has all the ten spheres, the secret to integration lay always in Tiferes. Beauty, Kavhem Tsoi, the middle column. This is the mid of Yaakov. Shleimu Davon, Gemarim Psachim, Mitosoi Shleima, Bachur Shabaavis, the most perfected model of the three of us, Chesed Gvurateferis. Yoishiv Oi Holim, the dweller of tents, meaning Shemechaber Pchines Chesed Gvur. 
He synthesizes the two tenths of Chesed and Gvur. The whole story with the sheep, is Yaakov's story. Because what he was doing there with the sheep is he was accessing these three universes. Meaning, Yaakov's ability was to access Akudim, even in Brudim. How? Through Tiferes. Shema. It should be integration. Tiferes is called Emes. Which is the Kavem Tsoi, which is Ma, which is his Skalalus. Why? Chesed and Gvura are natural opponents. Tiferes synthesizes and makes integration. That's why it's Emes. We seven Davenin. Baruch Hashem, Alekei Avram, Alekei Yitzhak, Alekei Hagodel, Hagibur, Vehanoira. Hagodel is Chesed. Hagibur. Is gvura pchinas chesed and gvura vehanoira pchinas teferes v'yesh by toisvus vav. That's why here there's a vav. Should have been hagadol vehagibur vehanoira or hagadol hagibur hanoira because vav vehanoira shenimshacham shachal yoyna vav always represents a flow of energy from a higher space to a lower space as the form of vav because this access is something that gadol and gibur don't access. What is it? Shaydeza nasa ha'iskalulus teferes noira. Brings in something that's higher. It comes from akudim, which the kudim doesn't have, and therefore it creates integration. When Yaakov wakes up, he uses the word ma and uses the word noira. In the vessel of Tiferes you have Havaya, which you don't have in the vessels of Chesed and Gvura. Those vessels you have Elikim, Kale, Tzvokos, Eke. There's always there's always integration. And therefore, in Tiferes, which represents complete integration, the Kali is also Yudke Vovke, not only, not only, uh, not only the Oyer. Let me explain a little bit what the Balatanya is teaching us here. And for this, we have to understand what Tiferes is. You want to know what Tiferes is? What's the connection of Noira and Tiferes? L'chayri, you're saying Noira means Yira, right? Yeah. So, Tiferes literally comes from the word, what's the word Tiferes? Right? How, do you, how would you translate in English Tiferes? Splendor. 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 Huh? Peir. Peir, exactly. It's it's glory, it's beauty, it's splendor. The concept of you'll say this is l'shem ulitiferes, right? L'shem l'tehila l'tiferes. It's full of full of beauty. And here we have a very deep uh, meditation, I would say, on what beauty is. What's tiferes? What's beauty? Tiferes, as we see, has something that none of the other Midas have. Even in Tikkun, Tiferes has something that is unique. And that's why in other ones there is a disparity somewhat between the light and the vessel. 
In Tiferes, we say the light and the vessel are completely one. The vessel is also Yudke Vavke, and that's why it's expressed as Tiferes. What is this Yudke Vavke that's being expressed? Hashem Echad, which is really Akudim. Shem Ma, Yudke Vavke is 45. Ma. That comes out in Tikkun, but especially it comes out in Tiferes, and that's why it comes out in Yaakov's life. Yaakov is the great synthesizer. His life has the greatest extremes. He is the man who navigates through all types of extremes and emerges. Yosef takes it even to the next level. Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef. Yaakov is Tiferes, Yosef is Yesoid, Kavhem Tsoi, all the middle column. In the tree of the spheres, which exists in Brudim, not in Nekudim. In Nekudim there's no tree. In Nekudim it's dots. In Brudim it's an organism, a parts of, it's like a body. There's give and take. You'll have always Chachma on the right, Bina on the left, Das in the center. Chesed on the right, Gvur on the left, Tiferes in the center. Netzach on the right, Hoyd on the left, Yisoyed in the center. Malchus is below, detached. It's already a different concept. So you have Kavhem, Tsoy is Das, Tiferes, and Yisoyed. Kavhem, Tsoy, the middle column, which always represents integration, synthesis between the right and the left. It's different personalities. You have personalities that are right-oriented, extroverted. Left-oriented, introverted. Left is always introverted. Right is projection, extroverted. Tiferes is not about extroverted or introverted. It's a different reality. Because between extroverted and introverted, it's it's a hard balance. Some people love being with people. They become alive at bar mitzvahs. They become alive at Kiddushim. When you put them alone in a room, they turn into pumpkins. Other people, you put them between people, they turn into pumpkins. You give them solitary confinement, and they come to life. They have tchiyas They're creative. They think. They're interesting. Right? They have to meet somebody, or this, they already uh, almost, uh, they call the Hever Kaddish. Emotionally, it's, it's, it's very problematic. It's, it's a clash. Are you out there, or are you in here? Avram and Yitzchak were opposite personalities. Tiferes is not chesed and not gvura. It's not a little bit of both. You see from here, Tiferes is not, you know, a compromiser. A little this, a little that, a little that, a little that. They say by one of the Israeli prime ministers that he was spineless and he couldn't say anything. He couldn't say anything decisive. They once asked him, do you like tea or coffee? He says, half tea, half coffee. (laughs) Tiferes is not shot half tea, half coffee. It's a different creature. The Gemara says, Koi is Nishke Chaya, Nishke Behemen. It's a different creature. It has elements of this and elements of this. It's a different creature. What's this creature? It's called Tiferes. It's the Midah of Yaakov. What is it? What is it? So here he says it's the Ein Soif. It's Shem Havaya. The Keli is Havaya. What does this mean, the Keli is Havaya? And the other ones, the Keli is not Havaya. So I'm going to explain it based on... the Balatanya speaks about this in quite a few places, and the other Rebbes of Chabad explain it also at length in their Maimarim of Chassidus. So I'm going to bring up one point that they make. It's a very subtle and a very profound point. What is beauty? Chesed we call love, giving. Chesed, kindness. Everyone understands what that means on some level. Gvura we can also understand. Strength, <laughs> sternness, discipline, boundaries, firmness, penalties. 
Midas Haddin, Midas Hadura, which is not bad. Sometimes it's crucial, it's, it's vital, it's, it's helpful, right? Huh? It could be, could be bad, of course. You have Esav and you have Yitzchok. One is Kedusha, one is not Kedusha. But the concept is strength, firmness, quid per quo, midikaneged midah, etc. Chesed is much more tolerant. It's, you see the good in everything. What's this creature called Tiferes, beauty? Like suddenly the names change. Chesed and Gvur are obvious emotions. I'm attracted to you, I'm, I reject you. I love you, I'm having issues with you. I want to be close to you, I need borders with you. We understand that. Sometimes borders are very healthy, they're very good, but it's a time of, of withdrawal. It's a time of withdrawal. Sometimes you give in to your child, sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you say no. And if you don't know how to say no, as the experts say, you also don't know how to say yes. Because if the only reason you say yes is because you don't know how to say no, so then you're not saying yes, you just don't know how to say no. But if you know how to say no, then when you say yes... A yes is a yes, because the no is a no. <coughs> okay, I hope that made sense. Of course, of course, chesed. You, you give when you shouldn't be giving. Uh, you give in when you shouldn't be giving in. Uh, you, you tolerate things that should not be tolerated. You tolerate injustice, you tolerate bigotry, you tolerate criminal activity, you tolerate uh, abusive behavior. <laughs> In the name of chesed, that's, that's not good. That's, that's very bad. You spoil somebody in, in a way that they can't become a human being and so forth. So what's this, this, this concept called tiferes and how does it become number three, uh, beauty? And yet Yaakov can't be the first. If you don't have Avram and Yitzchak, you can't get to Yaakov. You first have to have the first two to get to tiferes. Because you can't really access tiferes. You can't skip. You need chesed, you need guru, you need tiferes. Yaakov could have been the first. It doesn't work that way. It's the Shleimus, but Shleimus doesn't mean this is it. Shleimus doesn't mean... Shleimus means it's a, everything is a process. In this process, it represents something special. There's Milus and Chesed, there's Milus and Gvur. So for this, we have to understand a little bit what beauty is. So we all know the, the lovely expressions, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Altam vereyach en litva going to argue if, if flaffle is, is good or horrible. And argue if vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. Okay, shine. Beauty, what's beautiful? Yeah, you think this is beautiful, and then I think it's as it's, it's, uh, ugly as the devil. Shine. The Gemara in Ksuvis, yeah, Beishamai says, Kala says, Kala And Beishamai says, What if not? What if it's not a Kala And Beishamai says, Yeah, when your friend, your wife goes and buys something, and you think it's horrible, don't say it. <laughs> say it's beautiful, it's Nova Chasud. Don't say it. How do you touch Basil? Okay, I mean, we discussed it once by Riches. What's the shit of Basil? Kate said Meraktan, we learned in the Kudatayna. So, what, is there something called beauty? What, what you look at this, you say, wow, this is a beautiful body. This is a beautiful painting. This is a beautiful house. It's a beautiful face. Yeah? It's a beautiful safer. A beautiful table. A beautiful stender. I don't mean this table. Uh, it's also beautiful, but there's levels. What, what is there an uptouch to beauty? Is there a gather hagdara to beauty? In other words, there's no hagdara. But the Balatanya did give a hagdara. The Balatanya gave a hagdara to beauty. The hagdara was that there's no hagdara, you'll hear in a moment. But there's a hagdara. There's a hagdara to beauty. And the reason he wants to give hagdara to beauty is you should, a person should be able to understand the rhythm, the beat that beauty represents. What really makes something beautiful? 
What makes something? So he often says a Lushan that Tiferes doesn't come from one color. Every artist knows you don't just take one color, one pigment, and you make a painting. It's the combination of many colors. Which is why Tiferes is the th- synthesis of Chesed and Gvur. All beauty comes from synthesis. He's going to say so. Tiferes comes from his skalolos. One color is not as beautiful. A few colors together, as they converge, the symmetrical quality, <laughs> different components converging together make something beautiful. Music. Music. An instrument is beautiful. But when you have a symphony, right? You ever saw 600 instruments, 600 musicians mm-hmm. playing together? There's a resonance that can melt your heart if they know what they're doing, of course. It's a different level. This is Tif Eris. Tif Eris. Chesed is not beautiful. It's powerful, but not beautiful. Gvura is not beautiful. It's powerful, but not beautiful. Tiferes is beautiful. Why? Because it combines two opposite colors. Red and blue. In other words, Gvura, which is red, and Chesed, which is usually blue, or sometimes white, usually blue. It combines the colors. That's what creates <coughs> art. And we see this. Things that are beautiful is when the artist, the builder the architect, the creator, what's called a beautiful paragraph? You ever read? Today, uh, sometimes in our literature, people don't care anymore about diction, grammar, eloquence, uh, definitions. You read an article and you say, this was beautifully written. You read a book and you say, this is a classic. You listen to a speech, you say, it's like, what, what makes it? So there's the toichen, but I'm talking now about the words. If a person keeps on repeating the same adjectives, the same words, no. It's the ability, art is the ability to bring together different expressions, different words, and they converge to create a sentence, a paragraph, a chapter, a book, an essay, a speech, and you can sense beauty in it. Complexity. Huh? Complexity. Complexity. But not complexity in and of itself. Rather, the synthesis of various distinct forces. That's step one. But really, it goes one step deeper. And that is, Balatanya says, <coughs> beauty is whenever there is bitul hachoymer el hatsura. Whenever there's bitul hachoymer el hatsura, the brute superficial reality yields to the inner soul of the reality. You look at it and you say, "Beautiful." And I'll give a very simple example. Take a table. What makes one table beautiful and another table not beautiful? So you'll say, well, the type of wood, the type of moldings, the type of designs. <laughs> okay, so if this table, let's imagine it's, it's mahogany, cedar, with moldings and designs, right? Or whatever it is, a chair, a beautiful chair. A beautiful body even, a beautiful physique. Yefei toyar, v'yefei marer, that's the Chumash often it says. What is it? What is it that makes it? Why, why do I say beautiful? The answer is, Alpi Soid. Everything in the world has a Choymer and has a Tzura. Choymer is the physical reality or the brute reality. Tzura is the purpose, the function, the meaning, the objective. When you look at somebody, at something, you could see the Choymer. Chaymer is just the brute reality, what it is. Surah is the story it tells, the story it wants to tell. 
What's the meaning of it? What's the purpose? What was in the mind of the person who created it? What is its objective? What is its goal? The Rambam says, Tzuri is always the neshama of something. The content, the inner design, the inner purpose. But Tzura also means the form of it. When the form of something conveys its functionality, it elevates the object from brute physicality into something that points to the spiritual, to the transcendent. A cheer that is designed in a way that brings out what a cheer is, that is the Chaymer yield to the Tzura. The Chaymer says, I'm telling a story. I'm bringing out a message. When you have a body that's symmetrical and every limb, every organ, right, is designed in a way that it captures the uniqueness of this organ, the uniqueness of this limb, both in terms of itself, in terms of a face, and also its symmetry with the other limbs and organs. It tells the story of what a goof is, a story of life, a story of a healthy life, of, of a powerful life, of a soul that's fully alive in the body. When you think about it, when you think about it, a great piece of art, it could be a simple picture that we see every day, but the artist brought out the full drama, the full depth of, 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 of the story. It's not just a canvas with, with colors. The greater artist is with the soul, the soul that's in it, the neshama that's in it, it's the tzura that's in it. And anything, you say, it's a beautiful home. What makes a beautiful home? You put a lot, a lot of gold on the dining room table like some Jews like to do. doesn't make it a beautiful home. It makes it a Meshuggah house. Okay, before the Shechem, what, the gold, you mean? There has to be a Havana. Havana is, Segita is the Tzimmer. This is a dining room. What makes it really beautiful is, the dining room comes out, the living room comes out, the bedroom comes out, the same as even with a bed. Everything has beauty. The more its purposefulness is felt, the more we experience beauty in something. We don't, we don't go through this chesh when we say, ah, this is beautiful. But the, the, the truth of the beauty is that the chaymer is telling a story. There's a vision there, there's a poem that's being said, there's a message that's being Conveyed through the through the through the design. <laughs> You're right. It's the truck is very clear what its purpose is. But what is its purpose? <laughs> its purpose is to schlep earth. <laughs> its purpose is chaymer. You understand? Its purpose is chaymer. But but even in the world of trucks, we all know there are beautiful trucks. <laughs> and the purpose of the diamond is to look beautiful. The purpose of the diamond is something much more abstract. It's, it's to a, beautify. It's the beautifying object. Yeah. It's jewelry. It's, it's a whole different level of of, of imagination. Even a, even a diamond in the dirt. Is but I think some people agree. I don't know. Maybe not in your world that some cars are beautiful. They go crazy about them. They go crazy about these cars. It's a whole. It's obsession. It's an addiction. The whole expertise about cars. Every car you could see what it does, but it's the car that brings out the car. Now, is this real beauty? Depends on which state of consciousness you are. You know what? What is, what is your tzura? What is your purpose? That's the beholder. That's the beholder. That's where the beholder is. It's totally because tiferes is the bittel of choymer tzura, the bittel of brute matter, the elevation of brute matter conveying something higher. Therefore, 
it always, the most beautiful things are things that include synthesis, that bring together opposing objects and they converge into one, as in a painting or in music or in a body, a physique, a beautiful body and so forth. Why? What's the Havana? L'cha'ira, the Loshna of the Balatanya, that one color is not beautiful. Many colors is beautiful. One voice is often not beautiful. The choir of children singing suddenly has a psatam ganeiden. Yeah. So, I don't mean to ask klotzkasha, but just rhetorically. Zero plus zero doesn't equal one. Zero plus zero equals zero. If one is not beautiful and two is not beautiful, one is beyond beautiful, so how together do they become beautiful? <laughs> the pshat, of course, is, and this is the Nekudah they're saying, Hiskalalos brings out another Nekudah. I am I and you are you. Two separate realities. My ego is my ego, your ego is my ego. How indeed can we both together create one piece of art? How does the musician, the violinist and the drummer, who are very different types of people, if you know drummers and you know violinists, takes a certain guy to be a drummer, takes a certain guy to be a pianist, or play the cello, and yet here they're working in complete synchronization. So you'll say because they're both getting a paycheck. Emma's. But we're talking about art, <coughs> artists. Let's understand the Havana here. How does it work? What about a body? The heart and the brain are very different. They work complete unison in a healthy person. So the Vart is that each one appreciates the fact that it is what it is, but there's also more to my story. For my story to be complete, I need your story. Like in a jigsaw puzzle. Each piece is indispensable to the puzzle. But to create the full picture, I need your piece, and your piece has to be different than my piece. If all the jigsaw puzzles look identical, a picture won't be created. If all the limbs and organs are identical, we know what the body will look like. We'll be able to function. It's the diversity that allows for a bigger picture to emerge. If we would be uniform, if we would be thinking the same way, dressing the same way, operating the same way, then nobody perhaps would be threatened or as threatened but the bigger picture wouldn't be created. My picture would be replicated again and again and again and again. My picture. The larger picture, I need different pieces. And each piece is unique. Should they clash or not? Depends. If they don't see the bigger picture, they clash. Who are you to be so different than me? This is what happens in so many a marriage. Because that's when two people are sitting on each other's head for 24 hours. Unless you run to the shear in the morning. Well, the drummer is not zero I'm just bringing out the concept. But Stam, you have a drummer, you know what it's going to sound like. Well, what happens here is, if you don't see the bigger picture, there will be conflict. And conflict resolution then becomes an ego question. I give you this, I give you that, you give me this, you give me this, we compromise. So there shouldn't be violence, it shouldn't be exaggerated. But that's not real hiskalalus. Hiskalalus means I recognize there's a larger picture of which I am a part of. There's a part of the picture that only I can, I can convey through my jigsaw puzzle. But there's a part of the picture that I cannot convey. And I need you to compliment me just like you need me to compliment you. And we need each other to compliment each other. And then the larger picture is created. The deepest bitul hachaymer al-atzura happens in integration. Because integration is all about the recognition that my voice is valuable, but it only contains part of the truth. Together with your voice, 
my instrument together with your instrument, with his instrument, with his instrument, and you get the full resonance of the ballad, of, of the song, of the symphony, or whatever it is, the, the, the full piece of art. So the black, the white, the blue, the red, the yellow, and the piece of art, they're not conflicting, even though they're very different colors. Some of them are opposite colors. Why? Because they're all dedicated, they surrender, so to speak, their personal ego to a larger truth. When we look at that, we say, it's beautiful. What made the symphony beautiful? It's not many voices. It's that for many voices to come together, they all had to leave their individual ego and reach a state of transcendence. We now reach the final point. Beauty is associated with deep pleasure. Beauty in the soul, it's a soulful experience. From what? from going back to your source. The source is Akudim. In Akudim, there is no ego. There is simple, simple reality, undefined reality. Because Chesed is undefined and Gvur is undefined. Why are they undefined? Because they feel the Ein Saif. Whenever you feel that in the world, you say, this is beautiful. Where do you see that in the world? Our world is based on fragmentation. Our world is not Akudim. Our world is based on you and I. We're not one. We're Befetish, not one. But whenever you see synthesis, where is synthesis coming from? Synthesis is coming from the recognition that there's a larger picture. <coughs> the way Akudim is experienced in a fragmented world is through synthesis. So this is how the undefined Ein Saif is manifested in our own space. And whenever you get a sense of that, you melt in beauty. That is the experience of beauty. The experience of beauty is that sense, that marvel, a sense of simplicity, of oneness, of cohesiveness, where you feel a vision of the oneness of the world. Now this doesn't mean every time you see a beautiful table, (laughs) we start analyzing it this way, obviously. This is giving articulation to how the soul experiences beauty. In other words, you have Akudim the way it's in the world of Akudim. Akudim in the world of Akudim means there's no self. There's no self. But how is Ein Saif translated in the world of Brudim? I can't say there's no self. How is it translated? You know how it's translated? It's translated in Shalom Bayis. <laughs> it's translated in a symphony. It can't be translated in our world by obliterating identity. That's not true. If you try to obliterate identity in this world, you are delusional. That was the problem with socialism. That's the problem with the Deir Flugger, we'll see. They said, let's go back to Akudim. It's a much better life. And they're right. But they're delusional. Because Nekudim happened. <laughs> Nekudim happened. It's not a fiction. In other words, God wanted identity. There's no denying that. And if you don't give that to people, it's going to come back to haunt you. There was no system in the world, not in religion, not in politics, where you suppressed individual thought and expression, and it succeeded. It can't succeed, because diversity is not a tragedy. Diversity is sewn into the fabric of creation. Was that a nice sentence? What made that sentence beautiful? It's complexity. Because sewn... Fabric, creation, diversity. Right? Then sewing usually doesn't work with diversity. Sewing is what we used to do. 
Right? We sewed the words together. Very good. That's toifer. On Shabbos, that's a malach. So, fabric... <laughs> fabric. <laughs> toifer is melosh and teferis. Yosef is a poiser chaloimus. You can only interpret dreams if you know how to be toifer. Because dreams are the subconscious. Okay. Poiser is toifer. Poiser is toifer, yeah. Poiser and toifer is the same. Yosef is the next level. It's teferis is yisait. So let's be masakim the Indian here. So in other words, how? I can't deny Nekudim. And that's why socialism really can't work. Why? Because, first of all, practically why? Because the person on the top has so much power that unless he's a Tzadik Gum without a Yitzhahara, he's going to manipulate it. Right? How are you going to guarantee that the one on top is making sure everything is really equal? You know, some animal, whatever, everybody is equal, but some are more equal than others, right? Uh, Orwell. Huh? If it's an elected person, so what? We're soon going to elect a person. Who's always going to be Tzadik Adar? Or the Tzadikas of the generation? The Greisa America. This is the big America. So, what do we have here? We have a situation that even if you could find a Tzadik Gomer, but it's another issue. The issue is creativity is unleashed through individuality. That's a divine truth. It's not a human flaw. It's a divine truth. Well, Atani believes that the Doyra Flugger's mistake was they wanted to deny that truth. Venasalonu, shame. Which shame? Yutkevovke, Akudim. Hashem Echot. Hashem is the one who scatters them. You would think God would want people to be together, not scattered. No, you can't be together if you're not scattered first. If your togetherness is based on suppression, you be in the same room, that's not together. That's coerced. In Akudim, yeah, there's no self. There was no emergence of ego. Once there was an emergence of self, you can't reclaim that world unless you're delusional. So you could be a hippie for a few years and sit all night with your guitar and melt away in oneness. And let's face it, it's much more geschmack than going to work. Or a Huh? Or a Etc. <laughs> Etc. So these are very valuable human emotions. We want to go back to oneness. And mu- huh? That's why a guy like Van Gogh was depressed because, because he, he was most, most artists are very, very complicated. So that's what the hippie is threatening to the establishment? Of course, we don't like them. Really, they convey a truth that we're not comfortable with. But on the other hand, it's not a sustainable truth. How long can you sit in Woodstock? A long time? This is the whole Nekudah. This is, this is what he's trying to synthesize, the Nigla and the Nister. The whole Nekudah of Brudim. So is it a hopeless world? Is it just a world of capitalism? No, 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 no. Where do we experience Akudim? We experience Akudim in Iskalos. So when you see synthesis, you're not looking at synthesis. You know what you really see? You see Pshittus. You see Ein Soif. You see undefined reality, and that creates beauty. When you see the undefined, because the soul is looking for the undefined. We don't like defined reality, really. You see, deep people don't like defined reality. It's very hard, because defined reality is really a compromise of truth, because truth is one, Einoid Movada. But could you live in that world? So the way it's translated into our world is through Hiskalos. When you see his scholars, what you're really seeing is a soif manifested in a world of fragmentation where I and you see the bigger picture, 
What's the bigger picture? Ain Saif, and therefore I create space for you, create space for me. That's the, sec- the secret of marriage. That's the secret of the minion. That's the whole concept. So Bemela, come back now to the Vart. In all the other names, Gvura is also Ain Saif. But what's the uptight of Gvura? The uptight of Gvura is Gvura. The uptight of Gvura is Gvura. The uptight of Chesed is Chesed. What's the uptight of Teferis? The uptight of Teferis is integration, beauty. So therefore the Kali of Teferis is also Yudke Bafke. The articulated element of Teferis is also Akudim. It's also Einsev. It's also Pshittas. That's why Yaakov is the one who, who accesses Akudim and Akudim Abrudim. This was the uniqueness of Yaakov. That's why Mitasa Shlema. Because from Chesed or Gvura, you're not going to have beauty. You will have fallout. Yishmael will have a fallout. And, and Yitzchak will have fallout. Esav. Yaakov, none of his children will become OTD. This is basically the OTD story. Why not? Because Yaakov never gives up on any child. Why does Yaakov not give up on his child? Because Tiferes never excludes, ever. Tiferes he associates with Emes. Emes is Aleph Mem Tuf. Truth pervades from the beginning, the middle, and the end. The power of Midas HaEmes is that it always could find the Nakud of Emes in that space. Because it could f- can find the Nakud of Emes in that space, it never gets stuck in its own identity. Whenever you get stuck, <clears throat> I know it's late, but I have to tell you a story that somebody sent me yesterday. There was a Yid, Rabbi Yaakov Naiman from Pesach Tik, Petach Tikva. He was a Brig Rosh Hashiva there. Rabbi Yaakov Naiman. And he had a yeshiva, it was a very Hasidic yeshiva. And uh, they told him that there's a boy who goes to the theaters. In that yeshiva, going to the theater would be like, uh, I don't know, uh, some yeshivas going to the theaters is almost part of Seder. But uh, but, uh, but this yeshiva going to the theater, a person will intimate. Huh? Or worse. So they told him this boy is going to the theaters, he's going constantly. So they came to him to tell him. They should, so he says, uh, show me the next, tell me the next time he, and he skips out of the dormitory, let me know. So they did. And he gets into his car and he drives there to the theater. It was a winter night in Eitz Yisrael. And uh, Rabbi Yaakov Naiman was uh, lurking behind uh, wherever he was, waiting for him. The boy arrives, however he came, I don't know, he came a taxi, whatever he had, the bus, of it. And uh, he's about to go in, and who's there? The older Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Yaakov Naiman, shows up. Gechapt, shachar al and there's nothing to say, he's right there going into the there. He's like, you know, he becomes, you ever, you ever caught by your principal? You remember the feeling when you're 14 years old? 16, faglivered, right? He, he's congealed, he's frozen. Nothing to say, you know, my, my Bubba died, my Elta Bubba died, there was a third world war, Trump won, whatever. What is he going to say? So Rabbi Yaakov Naiman looks at him, they look at each other, and he's expecting, you know, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Naiman looks at him and says, I don't understand. It's winter. How do you not wear a coat? How do you come here without a coat? You're going to get a coat. I don't understand you. I'm walking here, and I see my Talmud without a coat. So you know what? Wherever you're going, you're going, enjoy yourself. I'm giving you my coat. Take my coat. I'm anyway on the way home. I was just here for another reason. I'm going in a taxi the way home. You need a coat, probably. Do whatever you want to do. Enjoy it. Whenever you come home to yeshiva, just put the coat in my office. And he walks away. He walks away. The Yid says, he went to the theater. And uh, he's sitting at the theater. 
He says, over the mantle. At my He said, I couldn't even concentrate on the theater. He takes off his coat. He says, do what you want to do, but take a coat. I don't want you to get cold. And he says, you know, the mantle, that coat brought me back to Yiddishkeit. Okay. What does this have? What does this come from? Why can't people do this? They say, because I'm from. How can I tolerate not from behavior? Yeah? This comes either from cluelessness or from egotism. I can't get out of my model. You don't fit into, I can't get into your head. If you can get into somebody else's mind, um, what did he do? He could have screamed at him, he could have thrown him out of yeshiva, he could have done that, everybody does that, every yeshiva does that constantly, right? What did he do? He went into the space of that child. So you picked him up. That's what MS is. MS doesn't mean you compromise. MS is you not stuck in your own ego, in your own expectations of who your child is supposed to be. You tune in to that reality. It's a moment of synthesis. Emes is synthesis. Whenever you have synthesis, what do you have? Ein soif. When you have ein soif, you have undefined reality. Undefined reality, when we sense undefined reality, we sense beauty in the world. Even a beautiful table, a beautiful picture, what are you seeing? You're seeing ein soif. The way it's translated and restricted in a picture. But it's always that, Nakuta. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.